In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is taken from the book of Proverbs, chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. This is our text. Let me sit. Our confirmation students may be interested to know that this was my confirmation verse. 46 years ago, and it has been meaningful to me ever since. One of my favorite sermons that I ever preached was on the first half of this verse, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's good to know who is in charge. But for this Sunday of the Holy Trinity, it was the second half of the verse that I thought most applicable the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Let's meditate on both halves of this verse on this festival of the Holy Trinity. For you see, this text implies two things about God. That we are to have a relationship with God. And in order to have that relationship, we need certain knowledge of God. Now it's clear that we are to have a relationship with God. That relationship is summed up in the phrase, the fear of the Lord. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in Isaiah 11. It's how believers are described in the New Testament, those who fear the Lord. God is to be feared. He is to be respected. That's the relationship we have with our God. But there are different things that we mean by the word fear. You know, there is fear of a predator, a predator which can destroy you. The scriptures say that Satan is such a predator. He is a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. We don't have a relationship with Satan. Our reaction to predators is either fight or flight. We have no relationship with someone we seek to destroy or someone we seek to flee from. On the other hand, God is the author of life, both physical and spiritual. We owe our lives to Him. That's an awesome thought, a fear-inspiring thought. And so our fear of the Lord is not that of a predator, but rather the fear of someone like a father who brought you into life, who guards and protects you, who sustains you. You see, our earthly fathers may have done that for us for a time, but it is our heavenly father who continues to do so. He continues to sustain our being. He continues to guard and protect us. He continues to provide everything we need for this body and life. That's why our Lord Jesus taught us to address God and to pray to our Father. We are to have a relationship with God, but sin destroys that relationship. When we fear, love, or trust in something else, this displaces God in our lives. And this incurs guilt 
Turning our proper filial fear of God into a servile fear. A servile fear doesn't trust the warning voice. It merely fears its toys will be taken. That's why Adam and Eve, when they had sinned, hid themselves in the garden. They didn't want to face God. Seeing Him reminded them of their guilt and they projected their guilt onto Him. If I may tell a very down-to-earth story about Bob and Lynn, hippies of the previous generation who believed in free love. They thought they would stay together as long as they were willing. And they, things were fine for a couple of years until Lynn became pregnant. And then she fell in love with her new child and Bob lost interest in her. So he went and sought somebody else. And while he was seeking someone else, he began to look at Lynn, whom he had formerly loved, with resentment, with guilt. He began to project this upon her. And what had started out as love, or at least the illusion of love, became guilt, resentment, enmity, and estrangement. That's what happens to us when we get tired of God and we allow something else to take His place in our lives. Many don't even recognize who God is anymore. They're like that sibling who came to the family reunion and you didn't remember because you hadn't been in touch for so long and you didn't even realize who He had become or you had become so different that others didn't recognize you. You see... We need something or someone to restore us to a right relationship, a proper fear of the Lord. And to have a relationship with our God, we need to know enough about God to recognize Him. And such knowledge of God is available, otherwise our text wouldn't bring it up. Now, some people imagine that they can search for God and find Him, looking under every rock and crevice, exploring every aspect of human experience. But the truth is, He is available only to those He chooses to reveal Himself to. And He does choose to reveal Himself to His creatures that they may have a relationship with Him you know, when people come to church, I introduce myself to every visitor I can to initiate a relationship. I tell them my name so they can call on me, sort of like the waitstaff at the diner down the street. Hello, my name is Kim and I'll be waiting on you today. We need a name so that we can call on those we need help. So God has revealed His name so that we may call upon Him in our every need. But we have to understand what the Bible means by the name, the name of God. The name is not just a moniker. You know, some people are troubled by the fact that we say Jesus and the Germans say Jesus and the original Greek would be Jesus. But that's not what the name of God is about. That's why the Jehovah's Witnesses are so, so badly mistaken. When the Bible talks about the name, it talks not about the moniker, but about God's reputation. 
When God said to Abraham, I will make your name great, he didn't mean that he was going to add syllables to Abraham's name, but he was going to give Abraham a reputation such that we continue to talk about him three millennia later. Now God's reputation, God's name, is summed up in the teaching of the Holy Trinity. The one God in three persons. The Father is revealed in creation and in the law. And His love is revealed in sending His only begotten Son. The Son is revealed in His incarnation, His coming to earth to share our lot, His life and death for our sin, His resurrection for our justification, all this for sinners such as we. And the Spirit is revealed as the bond of love between the Father and the Son. The Spirit is the one who brings us into their fellowship. The Spirit who spoke by the prophets and the apostles in our holy scriptures. The Spirit who dwells in our hearts creating faith and making us temples of the living God. And this is what makes us lights upon the earth. That's why Jesus said, let your light so shine that others may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. That light is the Holy Spirit active and burning in your lives. That's why when the Holy Spirit came, He manifested Himself as flames of fire on the heads of the apostles. These three persons of the Holy Trinity are the Holy One revealed in the Old and New Testaments. With Him, we are called into fellowship, communion with God. This mystery of one in three and three in one, we are called to fear. You know, there's the old joke that, you know, we're all a little afraid of what we don't understand. And I've always been afraid of algebra. Well, we cannot understand God. We cannot understand the mystery of the Holy Trinity. We are to fear Him, this incomprehensible God, above all other things. At the same time, this knowledge of God is insight, a map of reality, and a road map for our destiny. For in knowing God, we know ourselves. By knowing who God is, we know who we are. Many is the story in various cultures of the child of a king who is separated from his family but discovers his real identity later. Your true identity is not that of a prince or a princess, but a child of the living God. And your destiny is not an earthly kingdom that will pass away, but an eternal kingdom of joy and bliss and fellowship with God and all believers. Now some have objected that the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. Well, you won't find a forest among the trees. But based on the Great Commission of Matthew 28, where Jesus said, baptize them in the name, note the singular, which stands for the one God 
of the persons of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Notice that this knowledge of the Holy One is insight into life, salvation, and everlasting blessedness. This knowledge has been given to you by God's choosing through His Word and through His Holy Spirit. Blessed are you who know the living God and know your blessed destiny. Amen. Amen. And may that peace of God that passes understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.